0: what's up and welcome to groundbreaking a friendly media original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining what it means to create and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today i'm jake brewer let's get started Just a few short weeks ago, I spoke to today's guest for the first time, but every moment since, her advice, wisdom, and true character have changed the way I work. Neelu Mohageg is the co-founder and co-creative director of Channel Sounds, editor-in-chief of Detour Live, with experience hosting music festivals and creative direction with artists of all kinds. Today, Nilu and I talk about finding your place in an industry, understanding the truth behind competition, and the future of music in a post-COVID world. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I'm, of course, really, really excited to be here with me. And oh, my goodness, I'm so excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking to somebody who I just like quote unquote met like somewhat recently but I feel like I've known for a long time now and is really somebody who knows so much and has so many incredible takes on her entire industry um and really makes me feel like things are possible there's like she's just accomplished so much and just really brings such a genuine down to earth sort of tone and work ethic to everything. And I'm literally just like so amazed. And I asked her so many questions. And I was like, you have to come on this show because I think there's so much That people can learn from you. So especially today's episode, for anybody interested in the music industry and business, and especially the collaboration of those two sort of sides of things, this is the episode for you. Um, But also for anybody who maybe isn't interested in that, there is so much you can learn um, and just so much you can take away if you're not trying to go into the music business or anything remotely close to it. There's so many transferable skills that we're going to talk about today. So I really just feel like I should introduce my guest, because we're going to have such a cool conversation um, about the state of the music industry today. And we actually realized, I didn't know this, like we do very similar work. So somebody who really speaks my language. So I'm really, 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 really excited to introduce my new friend, Nilu Mohage, to groundbreaking. Welcome.
1: Hi, everybody. And hello, Jacob. Thanks for having me.
0: I, as I said, could not be more excited. You are somebody who's accomplished so much. I literally was trying to prepare of like, you know, what would be your intro to the show? And I was like, there, th- th- that would be the show. If I like read through everything that you've done, you're so, so incredible and accomplished so many things. And you're somebody who just in our casual conversations really takes something from every single work piece of work that you do, and that's really a true value. And I think you even said like, you know, even if it's not the thing that you wanna do, there's so much you can just learn and then take that for what you really wanna do. So let's just start here. Um, Tell us about Channel Sounds because of course, Anybody who knows me and the sort of work that I do is really gonna go, oh, of course, he's like obsessed with this sort of mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about your work with it. Shout out your incredible co-founder, of course, because he's doing amazing things. Um, I listened to actually listened to the podcast that he hosts with Channel Sounds last night. Um, I was working on a puzzle in the kitchen and I was like, this would be the perfect activity. And so I, I just that. like I love, I love all of your work so much. So tell us a little bit about it. Um, by no means, this isn't a business like pitch. Elevator pitch no like that just horrifies me so um but just tell us like about it and why you love it
1: for sure well first off i have to say a huge thank you for that amazing intro i feel like i should just bring you with me everywhere i go or like okay. have you like voicemail in my in my morning messages let's do it
0: i will gladly <laughs> accept all of your calls and be the voicemail like i not kidding
1: No, it sounds like <laughs> a good plan awesome but okay. thank you so much yeah for sure so i'll just kind of hop right into it but Um, I guess as like every story goes in the past year, there was a bit of a pivot. Everyone had to take a pivot in their lives and, you know, career paths changed a little bit. And I was previously working in the corporate side of the music industry and working kind of more in the live music space. And as we all know, live music and events took a really hard hit this year. So, I ended up having to work from home and then the workload got lighter and lighter and kind of as it started to get lighter, my co-founder, Sharif, who's actually also, we both went to BU um, and he's a really close friend now. And it's amazing how we didn't know each other during school, but somehow through mutual friends, we ended up getting introduced to each other and realized we just both had this, this synergy of like, having a passion of working with emerging creatives and being able to really tell their stories and share their artwork and their creativity as a whole. So we kind of knew like in our hearts, we knew we were going to work together at some point and just didn't quite happened right then and there, obviously, because we both had our jobs and he's currently working um, at Netflix right now. And so we were both like, what do we do? We'll just wait on it. And then as the pandemic came about, we both realized we kind of had more time under our belts to kind of pursue this fun project together. And he called me and was like, hey, I have an idea. I think we should finally do it and it kind of birthed what was channel sounds but originally it was called isolated sounds and it was a digital music festival we hosted and all of our proceeds we asked for just voluntary donations if anybody would want wanted to you know and we ended up sending all of that to music Harris because we really wanted to support the music community that got hurt so badly by quarantine the, the pandemic as a whole and uh it was an amazing show we we're crazy enough to do it completely live, as I told Jacob. We were. We don't recommend doing that. We learned later on that everyone pre-records to live music festivals. So, lesson learned. But honestly, it's such an incredible experience, regardless, and so many lessons that I can take with me forward from that. So we had 24 emerging artists perform and it was a two day festival, eight hours each day, variety acts in between. It was so crazy. We had a little zoom control room of like amazing friends of mine who were a part of the experience to help us put it together. And just was awesome. So after that, we kind of, this is where the collaborative part comes. We had a little zoom after party to kind of thank all of our artists who were part of it and so they could meet each other. And right after that, we just noticed that a couple of the artists, Ended up collaborating on music together. And no way. Yeah, it was so cool to kind of see that kind of happen and the formula. And so we ended up kind of taking that and then moving forward, we were like, maybe we have something here artists working together, meeting each other, emerging artists, and even just the fans too, the fan experiences of them getting to know an artist at their early stages and watching them grow with them. So From there, channel sounds kind of came about and the whole meaning behind it is we want to channel people's sounds and sounds can be your passion. It's the noise you make. It's the rumble you make on in this world, on this earth, like what you want to do with your life it's the creativity you hold and how you channel it is really like what we're hoping to be the platform for. So we have original content of our own. We do events. We do Fun creative brand guides and pitch decks for artists and really it's just about the ideation and the brainstorm process because the artist has so much to worry about and like they're really focused on you know their music that's like that's their primary that's their primary income source that's their primary brain source like everything that they do is that so we wanted to be able to help out on the other side of it kind of more less on the administrative business side but more on the creative business side and give them that leverage and give them those ideations that maybe they didn't have space for to think about and help them push that story ahead and push it forward to their fans so that it comes across as they had always like wanted it to and that they're presenting themselves as authentically as possible so yeah
0: yeah Well, you check so many boxes and, you know, from the artists that I talk to and such, like, there's a whole nother world to music that, you know, fans don't even really, fortunately, um, don't even really think about or consider. It's like, you know, every Friday, like, oh, you just get the music and it's on your perfect playlist on Spotify and you just consume it like that, but there's so many like months of preparation and work that go into artist development in the songs. And that's why there's so much like writing, like when an artist finally releases the music and they're like, I'm exhausted. And Mm -hmm. like, it's, I always think it's so funny when artists are like, I'm sick of this song and it like just (laughs) came out, but it's like, no, it's because this is all I've heard for like the past six months, like working on it. So I love the work that you do just because it's, it's not only really creating a tangible piece for fans to enjoy, but it's so much artist empowerment too. And I think especially like I'm a huge silver lining person of like the past year. And I think the way that you created the festival of like, you know, okay. Like the barriers to entry, like, and we'll give the preface, like, of course, like I wish this last year never happened, of course, but the barriers to entry now are really low because of it, because you know, the, there's no um, like, we're not fighting to get on a stage. Like the stage is right here. If we have Wi Fi. Like, that's really like, we just have the same sort of opportunity as, you know, all the other people who are topping charts and such. And so it's really, really exciting and cool. And I know how empowering it is for artists to like hear from other artists and connect on that sense. And, um, really like, it just kind of takes like a little push, like just to get them engaged and, you know, Hey, like you can, you can do this. It's not as intimidating as it seems.
1: And it was amazing to kind of see that like the realization on these artists faces when we so we did these sounds so again because we were in pandemic obviously none of us could like do that when we said live we weren't doing it live in person we were doing all virtually so we streamed it through twitch and we did sound checks with all of these artists and like it was a whole, it took us a whole weekend to do the sound checks with these artists because we had to teach them the technology behind it and it was just so funny to see their faces as they're going through this and they're like, Oh my goodness, we're about to actually be performing live in a pandemic, like from our homes or wherever they were. Some people did it in their cars. It was really great. It was amazing to see the creativity still be able to blossom. Even when we were, you know, all stuck in our little world, stuck in our corners of the world. And I love that we were able to expand not to just LA, but we had LA, we had Boston, we had New York, we had people in all over Nashville. It was just great. <laughs>
0: And it's so strange to do like the live things, especially because like I did a few and it's like, okay, I'm literally just, it's like, we're like literally just looking at each other on zoom right now, but it's like, you're only <laughs> looking at yourself, like really. And then yep. like, you're playing and I'm like, um, like, I'm like, maybe my parents can hear me in the kitchen, like as yeah. I'm doing this, but like, you have, really have no sense of who you're playing for. And then afterwards everyone's like, Oh, I loved your set. And I'm like, who you were watching that? Like, it's right. really, it's, it's such a unique experience because, um, I think a lot of artists are afraid to perform because. Of like the audience and you know sometimes like a smaller audience is more intimidating than a larger one um but like when you can't see them it's so much easier to get young artists to do it and then like you probably know it's like once they do it all they want to do it do is do it again like because yeah. it's just so exciting and that like thrill like I live for the butterflies in your stomach feeling and I feel like you're kind of that way too like even just like that's why you're like it was like even if it was like a train wreck, which your festival was not, but, um, Thankfully. <laughs> I know well, like, and I'm like, I'm scared for anything. Like I do like, cause I'm so inspired by you. I was like, I want to do the same thing. And I'm like, Oh no. But like, I don't know, like you would have never even yourself, like let alone the artists Like, you would probably never be as empowered if you weren't like, let's just do this. And like, I have no idea <laughs> or like, and I don't know, like I wouldn't even know, like I've never even logged onto Twitch. Like that's a whole new world for me. So, I mean, a year ago, like what was going through your mind? Like, what were the things that scared you about, you know, because I don't, I don't know when the origin idea came in, it was over the summer, but like, when, what did you tell yourself of, you know, how do I get past the things that scare me the most?
1: For sure. I mean, that's a great question. I feel like we're all got this little sense of imposter syndrome in us. So like even taking on any sort of project where for example, the technology aspect, even though I did go to a business school and I learned information systems doesn't mean I had any understanding of what I was getting myself into. But in a way, you know how they there's that saying, you know, like ignorance is bliss in a way. I feel oh, like yeah. I thankfully had that mindset and it kind of was like, you know what, it's whatever comes, comes to me and, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to learn along the way. And it's just I honestly, it's funny because I think before the pandemic too, I probably wouldn't have as much confidence to do something like this. I probably would let my, cause I'm also a crazy perfectionist in so many ways about making sure everything is amazing. And I used to love hosting events at school and everything and putting on events for people and all of these things. I wanted to make sure everyone was having a good time. That was like my biggest like fear was like, no one was having a good time. So same thing with this. I think if I had done this previously to the pandemic, I probably still would have had that mindset and nothing would have gotten done, or there would have been a lot of kinks in the holes and everything. So I think that with this though, because we're stuck at home and kind of, I felt like I almost, it sounds awful, but nothing had nothing to lose. I almost felt like I was so hungry to be able to do something like exciting and creative and everything was just wait. I was just waiting like anxiously in my room. Like I need to do something. And I'm so excited that Technology has allowed us this resource, and you know what? I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it all the way through, kind of just follow through with it. So I'm so thankful that I had my co-partner shreve to kind of also be there with me through the ride and like hold me accountable, and I held him account- accountable, and we kind of worked it together. So that was, I think, that was, the fear was definitely the technology side. But again, like when you take a step back and just kind of realize, okay there are things I can control, things I can't control. So for example, during the show, pe- artists having, you know, glitches in their screen or things going mute, or I can't control those in the moment. Like I can do my best to fix things. But at the end of the day, you kind of are, you know, waiting for the Wi-Fi to get fixed or whatever yeah. needs to be done. You can't really control all of that, unfortunately, but you kind of have to get, and again, I had to work very hard to get to this comfortable state of being (laughs) to understand things will be as they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when you do let yourself settle in and be like, there are things I can control and those things I'm going to do my best to really work on, then it honestly, the process is so much fun. It's really fulfilling. And you're going to put your, of course, you're going to put all your effort into it and give it your, give it your all. And if you think about how amazing and positive the experience will be throughout the process, it'll remind you of why you started this to begin with and i think just knowing that the end goal was near and like we were getting there and we were sprinting through this exciting race like that's what kept me moving forward through any fears i had like artists going mia or like anything happening just it was a whole it was a whole experience that i am so thankful for <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, inevitably something's gonna. There's gonna be a hiccup somewhere.
1: Of course, um, and that's the only makes us better, right? Like you need to learn from the hiccups, and there's so many things that now I can offer to Jacob as he gets ready for exciting new projects, and like I'm glad that I can share that those stories with him.
0: Yeah, and then, well then because there's you, the one of the first things that you told me was very much like you don't believe in competition within the music industry, um, and which is so funny because like I just graduated, and it's like you know they've they've like pride so much and like, you know, be competitive. Like it's all a competition, but it's so funny to like, then hear like, oh, my dream industry be like, no, like that doesn't exist from somebody who's like entered it a few years like ahead of me. So like, tell me how you sort of came to that conclusion and why you feel like that is like true when others may, you know, when it may feel like, especially to new artists coming in and those trying to break into the business side of the music industry, when it feels like all anyone's doing is try to outpace you.
1: For sure. And I mean, of course, like nothing is ever 100%. Nothing is ever perfect in the sense that there are there's no competition in the music industry. There's tons of it, for sure. I think it's just it's similar to life. Like you have to know how to navigate yourself through it all and kind of know the kind of people you want to be working with and the kind of energy you want surrounding you. And that was something that I thankfully... I think also from my experiences in college, like learned. So that was easy for me transferring that into work life and like knowing where I wanted to be in the music industry and knowing who my friends would be in the music industry and who are people I knew I would really collaborate with. And for those that maybe I didn't feel, and I have like this tendency to kind of feel out somebody and understand like from the moment I met them that maybe we don't match up too well, or we're not going to really click together for too long. Like you just, you very... The whole industry needs more kindness. So I think just being kind like kind about it and just being like, okay, it was great chatting with you, loved it. And you don't have to be forced to constantly communicate with that person. Like if you don't think you're, you know, clicking very well, you move on from that. And you work with the people that truly do mean the world to you and the ones who are rooting for you. And I think because of that mindset and being able to work with that with all of colleagues I made in this industry. I've been so, I've been blessed and thankful enough. Of course, like some people do have really harsh experiences and I always feel for them because it's it's a tough industry. And I think all industries have it, but for sure the creative industry is a tougher one because you're dealing with so many emotions and people and there's, it's a lot of people skills. Um, and I guess I just... I'm thankful for all the amazing people that I've had the chance to have as mentors and peers and all those people made me this positive person in the music industry. I think I wouldn't be who I am today without those positive experiences and those positive forces. But for sure, I think I just always, and when I did see competition, like when I was working in internships or if I was seeing like bad attitudes or behaviors or anything like that, I kind of just immediately Thought of that as like, okay, that's not something that I want to carry with me. Like, I don't want that to be my perspective of the music industry. So I don't want to let that intrude on any of my work or any of my ambitions or anything like that. So again, just kind of turning, not turning your face away because also certain things should be addressed. Like a hundred percent, like you should address things when you think they're wrong, but there are some things where it's just people being, you know, in bad attitudes and you'll get those people in any any job you work in. Of
0: course, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you kind of just, you know, don't let it get to you. I think a lot of people like definitely you can get shook by so many things, but if you don't let it get to you, your life gets so simple from that point on. And I think that that was like something I'm very very appreciative that I could see that. I learned that from my parents as well, just kind of like always have a positive attitude and like, don't let things get to you. It's mind over matter always. Um, So moving forward, that helped me have this perspective of we can work together. And I think it's so much more fruitful and exciting when you do work with other people who share the same passion as you. Music's a lifestyle, music's your Every day, every hour, every minute of your life, like you're listening to in the shower, you're working out to it, you're enjoying it, a dinner with friends to music, and then you're working in it, like you want to, you want to be happy when you're working in music, every single moment of your life. So I think that that's like something too, I wanted to not burn out from it, I really wanted to enjoy it and truly be able to share all my fun experiences with people, I also really cared about and love. And I'm really excited to be like, you know, chatting with you, Jacob, because I think you also understand that mindset.
0: Yeah, well, it's just like, I don't know, maybe this is such a naive perspective on my behalf of like, like, what, like, what, why do we need to be so? cutthroat like I don't know maybe that makes me sound like really like oh like if somebody listening is gonna be like oh this kid it really is young um no. but uh like but you're right like the fact that like you can share your insights from this work that you've done and then when I decide to tackle a project like that I can like learn from that and then what's gonna happen is then I'll tell you how it went. And then when you want to talk like there's just we talk so much about you know like competition thrives innovation but like what about collaboration thriving yes. innovation like why is yeah. that like um I don't know, like the concept that I keep coming back to recently is like zero sum, like, like, is Mm -hmm. the music industry zero sum? And for, I guess, by those people motivated maybe by, you know, charts or where like there is like an actual like placement of things and maybe for them it is, but like, I don't know, especially for young artists, like when no one's like vying for that, like, because it's just not realistic. So in that sense, like the effort is just to get more people to like listen and appreciate your work which is so much easier when done through collaboration than like trying to compete. Totally. I don't know.
1: Yeah, which... no, so our, our generation is like, you know, the next one, right? Like we're the next ones leading this, all the industry. So in particular this industry too, we're the next ones. And I think that our generation, I'm not saying the older generations didn't have this. Like there's definitely, I mean, my mentors are incredible people who have taught me and I'm thankful to them because again, they, gave me this perspective of like, I can work with other people. There's not competition. And yes, they were working, like, as you mentioned, the charts, um, trying to get to those placements, trying to get on those playlists and those charts and number one charts. But I honestly think that like, when you think about it, like we're our next generation, I think we're a little bit more sympathetic to one another. I think we're a little bit more understanding of one another. And I do think almost a theme of our generation is collaboration. Like if you're looking at the platforms that are being developed in our generation, it's all things like Clubhouse and TikTok and all these things that are all about like, yes, like you're videoing yourself. Yes, you're talking, but it's also with other people. Like you're trying to duet someone or you're trying to like innovate with somebody or you're in a group videoing yourself or you're in a group chatting in a room. Like it's all about working together to develop and innovate and grow. And I think that that's what Every industry is going to get impacted by. And that's an amazing thing because the world needs to be a little bit closer. Like I, I hate the con- like idea of like, we're worlds apart. Like why, why are we worlds apart? And technology allows us to be closer. Like you and I, even though we might be in the same state right now, like we are in different places of that state and we're able to talk to each other through this podcast and collaborate and work on things. So we should use that power to develop and like improve the world a little bit more
0: of course and why why is it so hard for like people to really adopt that mindset does it just feel so like unrealistic because we've been like so often taught or like told like alternative advice to that or like is it just the fact that like you know we have a new sort of approach or like you know like the perception of you know a possibility in a career music has never really seemed so feasible than it does like now, just because, you know, as you mentioned, like there is the technology to sort of really get you involved. Like why, why do people feel as if, um, you know, maybe that's not the route and like, why is it so hard for us to kind of grasp the collaborative mindset?
1: For sure. I feel like, I mean, you know, one thing for sure, I think is the fear of not being in the familiar. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people like, don't like being surrounded by things that are unfamiliar to them, like uncertainty and like, you know, similar to someone who like, you know, exercises a lot crazy. It's because you, you feel like you have control over that one thing of your body. So if the rest of your life is like out of control, work is out of control, family's out of control, like whatever it may be you working out day in and day out, and you know, your diet is perfect and everything's structured. Like you feel like you have control over that. So I think kind of similarly in music, like you feel like you get control over your entire life when you can like, get those charts, get those hits. And it's like, if I don't get the next hit, I'm going to be fall behind and people are going to forget me and everything. And with social media too, I will say social media has made it even a little bit harsher on our minds where it's like, I need this reason to exist constantly. Like I need to be posting for you. I need to be on top all the time. Like I need this many followers in order to show that I exist in this world, that I'm doing things that are like, you know, influencing to people. And I think that that like creates a really tough mindset and it creates a really tough world in general. Like everyone is now looking up to these people who are really just trying to put on shows or trying to put on things that maybe don't feel authentic to them. And it's like the moments that I think when artists do get to be authentic with themselves and allow like their fans to really just connect with them to begin with. And then as they grow, they grow with them. That's when it's a true like relationship between fan and artist. So I think just the fear is like a lot of, it's a unshaking fear.
0: You're right. You're right. And sometimes you don't really realize the impact of that in terms of motivation till it actually happens too. So of course, I, I don't know. I want everybody to reach that point, of course, just because that's Thanks. my little like young, naive mindset. But I want to like kind of pick your brain a little bit on, you know, the future of the sort of industry, because it really feels like right now is a huge turning point um it feels like very much so you know what i've known the music industry to be you know of the past 20 years that i've known it's existed um it feels very like stagnant versus now it feels like this is the quickest it's ever moved do you feel like we're just now moving and it's gonna what's gonna happen is gonna happen or do you feel like we're transitioning to a new sort of era and like do you think the sort of accessibility and um, spaces that have been created in the digital world now in terms of artists, are those really gonna stick around or are we gonna go back to like, you know, an artist just trying to get on some festival lineup that's right or get some radio station. Cause I don't know, I, like, I don't wanna, of course I wanna go back to the quote unquote normal and um, everything. And even just saying that, like, I don't know, it feels like it's over-said now because who knows what that is. But um, of course I wanna get there, But at the same time, I'm like, there's, there's so much progress that the industry's really made um, in terms of, you know, welcoming the indie sort of side of things and everything that I really hope doesn't retract.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like it's an interesting question. And I feel like that's the ever changing question for everyone who's worked in this industry. We're all wondering what's next, what's to come, what's to change, what's, you know, coming back. I feel like for sure i mean as the old soul that i am i would love to get the physicality of like concerts again like there's like oh, yeah. being in a crowd with a bunch of people who are screaming like you at this artist like so excited but 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 understanding that there's a lot changing and we all have to be very conscious and careful and moving forward this world is like getting better in a lot of ways but there's still so much to be fixed for sure and I love seeing the innovation. Like I I did my master's in a major that was called media ventures. So it was all about technology and entertainment and media and like how those impacted one another and how you grew and strategized for companies like the Amazons and Spotify's of our world. But I like as fascinated as I am by that, I'm curious to see how long the things that have been currently made will last. And I feel like, for example, I mean, I definitely think that digital concerts and streaming, I think that should be something that will probably continue because I think that's offered the world to get involved with an artist, which is amazing. Like you get to have Brazil tune in, you get to have Germany tune in, you have Japan tuning in. Like it opened the doors to the world, which I think is so important to be able to involve everyone. Like, why not? Like, why didn't we do that before? Um, So I think that that is something that is here to stay. The VR experiences I think are going to be very cool. I don't know if they're going to technically replace live. And this is obviously all personal like thoughts, like none of this. These are all my own thoughts, but I don't know what people have been saying and what people are thinking. Like I've been in webinars and listening and everything (laughs) as much as I can. But I mean, this is like what I imagine to be the thing. I think that like VR is definitely as it gets better and better every single year, just Huge leaps. Like it's crazy how fast technology moves now that we've gotten better at it. Like every year, it feels like we've gone like 10 years into the future in just one year. But I think VR is going to be a new marketing tactic. I think there's augmented reality was always kind of shaky, and people are working with it to make it better so that it can be a reality, like in our little gaming world and gamifying marketing ideas and stuff. So I think that's something that's going to definitely be like. None. I don't think anything's going to be any of the innovations made are going to be leaving, but they are going to be similar to how physical things had to be pivoted into the e world. I think everything that's been digitized is going to have to be transformed or reverted back into kind of how do we marry and kind of back to our theme of collaboration, like how do we marry the two? How do we bring physical and digital worlds together in one and make it a seamless experience?
0: Yeah, I'm like so excited but also so horrified yeah like what like what is that because of course i'm like um i would love to go to a concert tonight like yeah. of course like like that's that's really where the experience like comes like full circle um but you're right like at the same time it's gonna be really cool to see the interaction of you know what we've learned and the innovation collaborate with a tradition um yes, you know of absolutely. of the the sing even like even like the, the single album tour, single album tour sort of method. I feel like people are just kind of throwing out the window because no one's touring anymore. So it's like single tour album or single, single album, album, like, yeah. Or like (laughs) like there's no
1: music video or a short film or something. Like I love how creative people are getting with release ideas. Like that's like, because I am coming from the ideation side of it. Like it makes me so excited because it makes you think the, you know, it's limitless. Like the, options out there you just you can do so much and really truly just like everything they tell you like you can do it you can do anything like in a way yes like there's really nothing holding back creativity and like ideas like maybe okay if you're trying to strategize for an artist there's like metrics and like following the data and trying to figure out like what works best but at the end of the day too, like the artist has a fun story to tell and has a vision and like, why not do it? Just do it. Like that's the Nike, just do it.
0: Yeah. And what scares me is like, oh my God, if quarantine never happened, would we have gotten folklore folklore and evermore? Like, that's what scares me. I'm like, no, like (laughs) I'm so glad those happened. Um, But you're right. Like it's, it's like, I don't know, especially like growing up, like Radio Disney era, it was very much like, you know, the single, the album and like the tour sort Mm -hmm. of like, period and sort of concept but I also feel like that's also a huge barrier for young artists is like touring and oh my god like how do you how do you do that and like you're like we're gonna ride the entire success of the whole cycle on a single like yeah. that's like horrifying like I don't like so people are, I mean we're still releasing singles and we're still doing that sort of thing but at the same time it's like that's not like the way we do things you like a single quote unquote flops I don't believe anything ever flops but that's not mine that's just using the social media like fandom yeah. terms that I've learned um when something flops like that doesn't necessarily mean the cycle's gonna flop which um I don't know I really I really like and it feels I think that's maybe why it's so empowering is because yeah. like oh you know like it doesn't like you can you can make a mistake or misstep or something doesn't have to be everything you dreamed um but you can still sort of Recover. not that it's, again, not that it's even like a failure because any, any release, any sort of project, any accomplishment is a success. Like, even if it's just you listening to it, like, that's so cool that you released and did a song like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your sort of work with artists too, because you did say like, you're very much on the creative, like, you know, how to artist development and how do we sort of roll out this project too. Tell me about your experience collaborating with artists, because I would imagine at least in my experience, every artist is very different in terms of what they're looking for. You know, some are like, I'm, you know, like I'm not the creative, like in terms of, you know, branding and all that stuff, that's all your thing. And some others are like, I know exactly what I want. And then you're like, okay. So it, it really like differs. Like how do you sort of work on the conversation with artists of, you know, figuring out what they really want to execute because these songs are so personal but also like what you sort of observe to be the best industry practice, and convincing them that like oh there's a happy medium here, and that's the best way to go.
1: No, good question. I it's funny too. Best practice I feel like is almost like a danger word. Like you don't want to say it. Like these yeah. Are
0: the,
1: <laughs> <activist>. <laughs> the artist is like, what do you mean best practices? So but and then I you're mean, like, um,
0: I don't even know. This is just what I think. Yeah. And then you, yeah. And then like, I get oh, imposter syndrome. I'm like wait, maybe you don't trust me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe these aren't the best. I don't know. And that's the thing. I think I have to always, I always try to preface that when I work with artists first and foremost, because when we work with varying genres too, you're going to work with different kinds of personalities and different kinds of music and different fans, even like the fans are part of that process too. So you have to also consider them when you're going into all of this, but it's just one of those things where I have to tell them, you know what, I'm going to give you a bunch of ideas. I'm going to brainstorm like crazy. We're going to go through this creative process together. But at the end of the day, it's really, I mean, it's one up to the artist. And then two, it's also just, you have to try, right? Like you can't just say no to a bunch of things and say yes to some. And, you know, you have to give everything a shot once and nothing is concrete. Nothing is ever forever. So you don't have to make that fear, right? Like, maybe if you're, like, in the crazy amount, like, this is more on, like, the emerging artist side of it, but, like, if you're in a super established artist, like, for example, like, Miguel, who's, like, one of my favorite artists, like, there's some, maybe some things he can't always do just because all of his fans would get thrown off, like, he started producing a folk album, they'd be, like, what? You're, you're like, the R&B god, how are you doing? But I think that, like, in the same respect, I mean, he's still, he's still able to do whatever he wants, like, he's trying to show who he is, like, he's trying to give his fans like the real him. And I think that's important for artists to remember too, when we do these ideations, like remember who the real you is because that's who the fans connected with to begin with. Like, and we want to make sure that they always connect with you through your journey. So like a lot of the artists I've worked with, like I've had, it's fun. Like I love working with different genres because you get to come up with such different ideas. Like, yeah. I mean, you've got like the R and B side and then you've got very acoustic singer songwriter. And it's just, I love hearing each artist as they tell me their story and like hearing their passion and their voices when they go about like telling me all of that. It's just, it makes me feel understanding of them and also like makes me remember what reminds me why I got to this in the first place like I love storytelling they love storytelling and we're going to tell a story so I think the energy
0: that's- is so contagious yeah in that exactly. sort of space and then what's really cool is when you like oh I have this idea that I think really and then the artist likes it too and they're like yes, yes that's yep. exactly what I was thinking and then you're like oh we're about to like take over the world yep, like exactly and, the, and it's there's like also nothing short of that
1: mentality <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh no I need to come down a little bit we need to bring it down a notch but for sure I mean I'll go through the whole thing with them, where it's like we're coming up with brand ideas, logo ideas, merch ideas, like marketing ideas based on a project. Or sometimes artists have like really cool side passion projects too that they do that we want to incorporate with their story. So like, how do we marry them with that? And like, how do we bring like new artists into their world? And like, I know you and I, Jacob, talked about this. How do we bring charities that they really care about and support? How do we bring that into their world? And like, really, it's just like at the end of the day too, you kind of reminds you of yourself. Like, how do I want to be perceived in the world? Like, how do I want people to see me? Like, I want people to remember me as this like creative individual who does get her hand involved with all these amazing projects and like loves doing what she does. Like that's at the end of the, I think at the end of your life, you want to look back and be like, I feel fulfilled because I did all of these, the so same with the artists, like their marketing has to feel like that to them. Like At the end of their project, when they release this album, they want to look back and be like, I did all these things for it that I'm so proud of and my fans feel proud of. And like, you know, I'm it's a whole exciting adventure.
0: Absolutely. You're right. That's that's the ultimate goal is for them to be like this. This was a team collaborative effort, but it was also wholeheartedly me
1: for sure. exactly. And
0: and the fans can see that too. Like they know, and you'll, even if it doesn't even matter. And then even when they go on like the press tour the press junket, whatever, they'll talk about it. Like you can always hear if like, if they really do feel that way too. And that's something I've sort of picked up on. So it's so important every single step of the way, just to make sure everybody is in love with the project. And if there's any hesitation, like take that with a grain of salt and be like, why? Because also, I mean, the artist knows their fans the best like too, like, like, you know, they, they come to like, you know, both of us as like, you know, like the, I always think of it as more like a, like a consultation rather than like direction mm-hmm. the same way. Cause you're right. Like it, at the end of the day, if they don't want to do like, do that, I think any good manager like goes, then that's not the best route, no matter right. what it is, mm-hmm. if they don't want it, cause they're the face of it. The manager's never getting out there doing the, you know, the press or anything.
1: Absolutely. And this is like channel sounds like in a way somebody actually, a good colleague of mine, she like brought it up and she was like, oh, you guys kind of check on like, not only do you guys do like creative ideation, but you kind of do like artists health, which I was like, that's an interesting Mm -hmm. way to put it because I think that's true. Like, not like we're like curing the artist of anything. It's more of like we're checking to make sure that artist feels like their music and their, their direction and the path like feels right to them, like that their overall health of their entire world is like making sense to them and like I think I really liked that because I was like you know what that's true like we really do want to make sure that artists like feels like they're in tune with their music and feels like they're in tune with themselves and like really is portraying everything they wanted to and at the same time we're offering some cool creative like content of our own like we want to put out original content and we've started to do that a little bit and we want to make sure that like we get to also feel like channel sounds is like putting out something innovative and exciting that people beyond the artists like the people who follow us and the viewers and everything the fans who are finding out about new artists like hop in and are like yo channel sounds just posted about this artist and I'm now like addicted to the artist. like I love them and they did this super cool video the super cool experience with channel sounds and like so cool so that's like that's the other thing too I feel like channel sounds really does want to check in and make sure overall health of the artist is going well like musically and like Overall, just brand experience and everything like just it feels right in your heart. So,
0: yeah, and it 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 can be so like I mean obviously so overwhelming. Like anytime you're doing like an, such a project with such an emotional backstory to it, like mm-hmm. I like I like that. It's like it's it's the constant checkup. Like, do you feel like this? Because you it, it's it's scary. You have one shot. Like. To, exactly. in terms of releasing it. Like, you know, yeah. like once it's out there, it's it's out there. There's no That's there's no different sort of marketing
1: process post-too. Yeah. So you have like pre-marketing, during marketing, post-marketing. Oh yeah. So- the whole like spectrum that you have to like think about too. And like how it's like a lot of psychology. And I was a huge psychology person in high school. I always thought it was super cool. And I almost, I started majoring in it in at BU, and then I ended up going to business, but I think it's still very transferable psychology and business and everything. Like I love oh, yeah. seeing like how people react to things. And, and we were talking about, since we were talking about earlier, like with collaborating worlds, like in the same sense of like brand partnerships, like how can I bring value to both entities? Like how can I bring value to the artists and the fans? How can I bring two artists together to bring value to each other? Like there's so many cool ways of combining things and I think fusions are awesome. So.
0: Yeah. Do you, I want to ask you kind of a tough question too. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like all of the process and the marketing and the preparation and the distribution, do you, do you feel like that's like mandatory now or required for what we would maybe traditionally just on a very general level call success within the industry.
1: Mm, That's, that's a very good question. I feel like that's changed. The definition of that has changed, especially in the past year, but I feel like, for example, I think that having structure and having kind of an understanding of when you, when an artist is preparing, like I have a project in mind and then what I want to release having it structured and kind of creating a calendar for yourself it's so much better to have that just because then it's less stress on the artist and the artist can prioritize other things rather than just the release process because that can eat up entire months of your time. Oh, yeah. So I think when artists do have kind of a crazy release schedule, I think that's when you can kind of feel it. Like you can tell that it was a not sloppy, it's not the right word, but like there wasn't enough structure to it. There wasn't enough consideration and time put into it. And then the art, like maybe the song still does really well. I mean, we have enough platforms like TikTok to make songs do super well. But I think when you do have a timing and a calendar and everything kind of made up and decided and confirmed for yourself, I think artist and team feels at ease knowing like, okay, in two weeks we had this plan to release the music video. But maybe before that we can post something to kind of tease the music video, or maybe we can do a cool IG live with another artist, the director of the music video, like plan other things to fill in the gaps. Like those can be kind be kind of more spontaneous, uh, like um, spontaneous, sorry, words, <laughs> but I knew did.
0: exactly what you meant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, you knew what I meant, but spontaneous and a little bit more impulsive. And like, that's the um, creative, you know, creative brain. Like you're thinking creatively, creatively. Oh my God, I can't speak. But, no it's, it's um, so good
0: you're so good I yeah. I completely agree so much and you know I think the underlying word in all of that is just is the trust because like especially sure. for young artists like you feel so so vulnerable doing any sort of engagement because you know we hear what I like to call like the horror stories of the music industry of you know a young artist like you know agreed to some sort of relationship that then they and it ended up not going so well and they lost so much creative like inspiration and maybe even the rights to their song and I think yeah. that's why they're so cautious nowadays and so I want to ask you how do you sort of emphasize that trust or build the trust with an artist who might be like no like I've, I've heard the stories about the dangers of working with management and how you know pe- independent people make it like now um, what do you sort of tell them to be like you know like no, there's there's a value in working with other people on something so personal.
1: Trust is such an important word, I think, in the music industry. I think that trust was is hard to get from somebody. Trust is hard to give to somebody. But it's really based on kind of, I think, again, like, I, thank God for Facetimes Because I think that emotionally, <laughs> like, being able to see someone's face, like, yeah. you get more of the emotion out of it. But I do think when you're talking to somebody, just if the artist can hear in their tone and their voice, like you can kind of tell, like I think people try to ignore sometimes like flags, red flags when they see them or hear them. But I think like in your gut, you kind of know like what intuitively, is this the right person to be working with? Is this person really looking out for me? And I think like as long as, so as the business side of it, like as a person trying to pitch to an artist, your, your creative work or anything like that, I think it's just about showing that passion, like showing genuinely, I really do care about helping artists like get to the the other end of this road and really make sure that you feel like I'm there for you every step of the way. And I think that most artists, that's all they really ever want. They want people in their corner. They want people rooting for them and their music because it's the same thing as like a manager. Like you won't hire a manager unless they just as much love the music as you do as the artist, because that's your child. That's like, you've worked so hard on this and like, if the manager doesn't have that same kind of passion for your music it's just not going to work it's just that manager is going to get tired of your music at some point get burnt out from it the work they're putting into it might eventually just like gets like you know they'll slack off so i do think that like you can tell immediately right then and there if that team you're trying to onboard is really in it for you as an artist and same thing with like the business side like trying to get that artist to understand, like we're we're here for you. Like I think everybody needs a support system. So being able to be that for the artist is key.
0: Yeah, not, not just the person, you know, making their calendar, but being the person who like the second they have any question, like they'll be the person that they FaceTime. Be yes. like, I want to like or at least think about this or like, you know, just like throw a few ideas around. I think, I think that sort of collaborative element is really, is really, really critical. And something I emphasize to all the artists I talk to, like you should like and it's so tempting too. Cause you know, like every single time, like some opportunity approaches and you're like, is this, is this my one shot? Because yeah. that's what we're told, you know, like your once in a lifetime opportunity will come at one point, like, don't let it slip. But I think we're so, so impatient for that, that when the second something like it may happen, like I was like, I always try to say like, don't, Don't get too ahead of yourself. Like really think about what the end goal is. And is that going to get you where the end goal is? And if not, then it's, it's not your once in a lifetime shot. That wasn't it. Like, it's okay. Keep waiting.
1: Exactly. And like, there are some companies that I think do a really great job of this, like visionary music group. Like if you look at them, like they have the whole team, they have Jeremy Zucker, they've got Chelsea Cutler, they've got Quinn XCII, they've got AOK those guys are like family. And that's the Mm -hmm. best part about like the manager, like they all went to his wedding and it was very sweet and wholesome. And that's like what I want to see more of in the music industry. Like I want to see like the family connection, like we're all here in it together, like, and they collaborate on songs together. Like they've created such a beautiful unit. And I think that that's like a great example for the rest of the music industry. Like I think that when you're developing such a fruitful team of talent and such a great group of people, like why not just like, emphasize that through working together through creating amazing experiences and collaborations and I think that if everyone can put kind of the because everyone wants family at the end of the day like we all say like our friends is our second family and then beyond that you've got like third family which is like maybe your work if you're like lucky enough to have an awesome team of people and like that's like that's what it should be we should be trying to build communities so
0: Absolutely. It's very much the essence and the underlying of this entire episode is just, is the, is the benefit of collaboration and truly like the bliss of, you know, feeling like there's somebody who will gladly take whatever fall with you and also take whatever ride to the top with you too.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: (laughs) Um, Nilu, as we start to wrap up the episode, I literally can't believe we're there already. Um, <laughs> um, I always like to ask two questions um, that I really sort of emphasize to everybody listening, because one of my goals is to have everybody, you know, after they listen to every single episode, feel like there was really something that they were able to take away or really something that inspired them. And like I, after every single episode, I'm always like, I always have like a creative energy. Like I need to work on something just because I feel so mutually inspired. I really want to make sure we get that across. But the very first question of the last two questions that I want to ask you is, you know, what are we What are we really manifesting? And I love people's answer to this because, you know, sometimes they'll say like, oh, this is like a week in advance or like, you know, or like sometimes they're like, I'm just really just trying to get to Friday. Like <laughs> sometimes that's it. Or they're feel like, um, yeah, in 20 years, like I just want to be like drinking a margarita on a beach. Like that's all I really want. <laughs> But what are, what's like really like the ultimate goal for you? Like, um, or what, what would you define, like, what would be the moment in your life where you go, this was it, this is what I wanted.
1: For sure. Love that. I think that it's interesting because I feel like answers for this change on a weekly basis, obviously, like as like you do different things, like new ideas come to your head. I think that like still this one, this was kind of a last year one, but I still like want to work towards this. Is like, I just want to be the person that artists feel like is someone really like someone who really cares about their work and is someone they can trust for like amazing creative ideas and like is in their corner and like just like want to be that person they reach out to like someone they recommend to that's like on more of like the music channel sounds like personal like on that side of it but in addition to that I think on a really more personal like manifestation note I feel like at first, I always thought I was going to be one linear direction, like working to the top, like this is how I'm going to get here. And I kind of love how that's changed for me. And somebody gave me this really beautiful analogy where it's like, it's very cliche, but it's like running through like a flower field, picking up the flowers and letting each one blossom until you've created a bouquet. And I feel like in some respects, that's what I want to manifest. Like I want to look at resume. I want to look back at a portfolio. I want to look back at something that's gone through so many different experiences, so many different projects that I'm so proud of to have a, a hand in working on or being a part of or leading or whatever it may be. I want to look back in like a couple of years from now and be like, I did all of that before 30. Like I yeah. am so proud of all of that. Like Forbes 30 under 30 maybe awesome, but like, in addition Oh yeah, to that,
0: that'd be sick.
1: <laughs> that'd be amazing. But even in addition to that, just being able to be like, how did I fit all of that in, in this little life of mine so far, like that is incredible. And of course, beyond that, have more experiences, but just before 30, I think I want to be able to look at a colorful resume of like awesome memories and awesome, adventures.
0: I think, I think that's such a, that's such a, that's such a good goal because it's so, it's so motivating, but like, no matter what happens that you'll be able to fulfill that, like, I don't know, you have just every, every ounce of the work that you do can just fall under that. And I think that's really healthy and I'm wise the way you've set that up. Um, <laughs> the last sort of question I want to ask is very just direct and um, uh, just, of course, like the advice piece, but I'll kind of preface it and say, you know, I listen to so many podcasts and so many talks and so many things where, you know, the advice is trust your gut, follow your heart. And it's like, okay, like, but I'm like trying to like start my career. And like, am I not doing that? Like, what does that really change in sort of my trajectory? Um, so I was wondering if you have really just any piece of tangible advice, you know, I always say like, if somebody spent the last hour listening to your story and like your sort of ambitions, what can they do with another hour? If they have it right now, like what's the thing that they can sit down at their desk and really just feel like they're taking a step forward and whatever it may be, you can be super specific to the music industry or just any passion at all.
1: Yes. That's a really great way to put that question. I think that The biggest tangible advice i can give is create your own opportunities just because i feel like i've had to do that for so long and i i'm thankful that i have had that like i'm glad that all the opportunities i had put me in that mindset i think like starting at bu when i was at boston university like there was no music business anything there and there still isn't but when i was a freshman i i started the music business club i founded that with a bunch of amazing friends because i realized there are a bunch of students like us who are really interested in that world and like how else are we going to learn it if we don't get our hands dirty and try it out so founding that club really set me up and like being like an editor-in-chief for a blog that I just like randomly applied to and didn't think I was going to become an editor-in-chief for freshman year like all these crazy things like really when you feel like there something for you doesn't exist or that passion for you doesn't exist like doesn't mean the doors are closed you can just create it like you can do it and I think that like similarly to like Jacob and myself like with like for example when AEG kind of closed down for me like opened channel sounds like I I created something for myself in this world in this pocket of the world for myself and same with Jacob like he's created something for himself that like we can make happen and it's I think that when you realize that Like it's not far out of reach, like all of your goals, all of your dreams, even if it's like the goal is just one year, like I'm going to be doing something on my own for one year to create that experience for myself. So I can apply to other companies, like do that. Like that's like, don't sit around idle. Like you can make something happen right now at this very moment. So I'd say create, you can create your own opportunities is always my favorite advice to give.
0: Absolutely. Don't wait for that record dealer, that recording contract just get started.
1: Yep, Exactly
0: because you are just, I don't know. Yeah. Channel that motivation
1: yep, like right channel, now. exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: hey, I didn't even mean to plug it at the end there, but of <laughs> I, course, speaking of plugging all your work, I will do that at the very end of the episodes. Everybody stay tuned for the outro that I'm about to give. I'll give everything. We're going to make sure anybody listening, I'm sure many people listening are going to want to connect with you too. So we'll make sure yeah, that they have yeah. the opportunity to do that. Nilu, you are so incredible and so genuine and transparent with everything. It really, really means a lot. And I truly, truly believe you're going to have an incredible impact on this entire industry. So keep up the amazing work. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and everybody listening. It's really, really appreciated.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening.
0: Thank you again, Nilu, for being a part of the show today. I'm so excited to have introduced the listeners to you. No matter what you're doing, stop right now so you can check out Nilu and Channel Sounds at channelsounds.com and by following at channelsounds. Be sure to listen to their playlist, artist spotlights, and their original podcast too. I can't wait to have you back with us next week for another episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jacob Wittenberg. All links are in the description. That's all for today. I'll see you next time for more groundbreaking.